Hello, and welcome to the Life Center Podcast. We're a church in Tacoma, Washington that exists to inspire our community to love and follow Jesus. To find out more about what's going on at all of our campuses, you can download the Life Center app, interact with us on social media, or visit lifecenter.com. Let's jump into this week's message. Thanks for listening. Well, good morning, Life Center. Can we give the Lord a hand clap? Can we do that? Amen, amen. For those of you who are watching online as well, wherever you are sitting, definitely give God some praise. Um, I am excited to be with you all uh, this morning. We are going to continue on this series, Search and Rescue. But for some of you, um, it may be in a you know, little while since you know, you've, you've seen me either bring a message or, 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 or uh, even those of you online. And uh, uh, I, I made a goal today. Uh, I have a specific Goal, And let me tell you how this goal came about. Uh, there was a promotion or a little promo page on Instagram, I believe, or one of the social media about me speaking this weekend, and, uh, which was great. And, but I realized my daughter told me about it, and then she started playing it. Now, I'm in my bedroom. She's playing in the hallway. And as I'm sitting there, I'm like, who's screaming? Like whoever's talking is talking at four or five octaves above their normal voice. I mean, my goodness, what's going on? And then I realized it was me. I was like, that's what I sound like? I'm trying to scare people into heaven. What in the world? (laughs) Now, I promise you, I'm going to still be me, but I am intentionally trying to relax a little bit to make sure the message can be heard, okay? But anyhow, what I'm going to ask you to do, those of you who are note takers, you know I say this every time, I'm going to ask that you take notes. Uh, I don't want you to capture what I say as much as I want you to capture what the Holy Spirit says to you when something is mentioned. Point number two, if you are not a note taker, I'm going to ask you to take notes, (laughs) okay? Now, the reason I say this is there might be one thing you hear, which is the one thing you needed. But the Bible says that don't just be hearers of the word, be doers. But sometimes in order to be a doer, I have to remember what was said. And if you don't realize that the enemy wants to snatch away anything that might have spoke to your heart, got another thing coming. So sometimes it's just one word, one note, do something that a trigger, okay? Make some sense? All right, all right. So I'm excited to be back up here with you again today. Uh, Two things I'm excited about. One is I love preaching the word. Uh, Point number two is football season. So, I mean, I got to tell you, uh, that's pretty exciting. I see all the CIF jerseys and those of you who are, uh, uh, oh man, I see a cowboy jersey. There's always one. But anyhow, but anyhow, we're going to have a good time today. So uh, do me a favor. I'm going to jump right into it. I get more into the subject matter in a second, but I want to give context from where we're coming from. So if you got your Bibles, if you'll open up to Luke chapter 15, Luke chapter 15, and I'm going to begin reading from verses one and two, Luke chapter 15. And this is in alignment with what's been covered already as we're going through the series Search and Rescue. But Luke 15, verse number one, let me begin. The scripture says, verse number one, tax collectors 
and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. Verse number two, this made the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. Let me uh, uh, make this very practical and put it in a little layman's term. Tax collectors who were frowned upon during that time. Notorious sinners, not just sinners. I'm talking about the notorious ones. And what I've learned, the difference between a notorious sinner and a regular sinner is just a regular sinner not enough people know about. <laughs> so in essence, we all could be notorious right now. You're just grateful that what goes in your mind, what nobody knows of, ain't public. But what they were shocked by was tax collectors and notorious sinners love to come hear, hear Jesus talk. Think about that now. Now, the reason I bring this up first is it was somewhat convicting. It, it had me take a look at myself. Now, if the author and the finisher of our faith, if the word in flesh, Jesus Christ, attracted to him tax collectors, notorious sinners, I need to ask myself questions sometimes. Why are sometimes sinners repelled by me? Because if they're not repelled by the source, how in the, uh, and I'm supposed to be a resource? There's a good chance the problem might be me. Because the main magnet is still drawing them. I want that to really sit with some of us. Because some of us act like we are defending Jesus. Wait, hold on. Tax collectors. Notorious sinners. We're drawn to hear him talk. And if you think it's because it's a, comp a compromising message, have you read Luke 14 and Luke 13 and all those sermons? Jesus wasn't pulling punches. But for some reason, his message, his mission, and his behavior all lined up together. And it drew them in. And this is when you know you're doing something right that the only people who had a problem with Jesus was church folk. The religious law, the, 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 the Pharisees, the theologians, I always like to say, theologians are great at explaining stuff. Not so good at executing. I'm sensitive. I, I've learned after 50 years. <laughs> that is good to listen to folks. Hey, listen to me. I, you can hear me, but assess what you're hearing with your own life, what the Lord is telling you, but more importantly, do I practice what I'm talking about? We are so quick to try to inspire and lead people without practice. I like to call it, my goal is to be an inspired practitioner. That means I'm talking about something I know because I've experienced it happen. And I pray that we all do that because when we do that, the scripture says all men will be drawn unto us. So that's the backdrop of the rest of Luke chapter 15. 
that it was the Pharisees and the church folks going, look who he's hanging out with. Look who he's eating with. I said it the other night, the great theologian and hip-hop Christian artist, Andy Minio. <laughs> Some people are like, ooh. But he said it best. He says, when I talk about Jesus, the church, the people love me. But when I walk like Jesus, the church judges me. Ooh, ain't that the truth? And we are living at a time right now where the world's trying to see where's the real thing at? And that's what our focus is going to be about today. Our attention. Now, the reason why this is so important, in the world of chaos, let me say it this way, when a lost world acts like a lost world, us Christian folks shouldn't be freaking out. When sinners act like sinners, when lost acts like lost, when fallen acts like fallen, why are we losing our mind? Kind of takes me back. I can't tell you how, this is a football scene, just be transparent. There was a good chance I probably could have stayed in the league a little longer. <laughs> right? But the problem was, I, I was all inspired. I was fired up. I had great ideas and plans. While being told about the game plan in the safety of the locker room. But what I didn't always remember is that at some point, I'm going to have to go from the locker room to the field. And there were some people on the other team who were some, they were the real deal. And I started to realize, man, I actually have to, I know how it looked like in the locker room. It was all safe and the plan looked perfect. I just didn't realize there was going to be resistance on the other end. And now that there's resistance, instead of continuously playing, guess what I want to do? I want to run back into the locker room with my teammates and just talk about the other team instead of compete against them. Is this making some sense? And so what I want to talk about today, if you go ahead and put that statement up, and, and I'm, it's when you know he is paying attention, you will no longer need it from someone or somewhere else. Let me say that again. When you know, we're talking about Jesus. Jesus is paying attention to us. And when you know he is paying attention, you will no longer need it from someone or someone else. And I really want this locked on. If you have a, if you're taking notes right now, remember this, remember this word. Jesus is paying attention. Jesus is paying attention. Now, let me make this perfectly clear. In Psalms 46, it says, he is, God is, an ever-present help in times of trouble. He's an ever-present help. That means his presence is continuous. But when you hear the word present, what the word present means is to bring your full attention to bear on a, on a person, circumstance, or situation. Is this making sense? 
So when the scripture says Jesus is an ever-present help, it means Jesus is bringing his, God is bringing his, the Holy Spirit is bringing the Trinity, heaven itself is bringing all its attention to me continuously. And attention is so significant. Now that I know that Jesus is paying attention, I need to ask some questions. Why am I still looking for it from someone else or somewhere else? Clearly, it's not his issue. There's something broken in the communication. There's something broken in my awareness of that. If I were to really sit back and look at all the dysfunction in my life, bad decisions, bad actions, many of it is a result of gaps of attention that I may feel I didn't get. What I didn't hear from here, what I didn't get over here, and, what I, and so I find substitutes. I'm still in the process of it now, finding all these things to garner attention to feel something that I feel is incomplete. Now you gotta stay with me as I'm building on this. So when I talk about paying attention or the need for attention, and the scripture already says Jesus has already satisfied that. So instead of spending my life trying to garner attention, what does my look, life look like when I now stay in the business of giving it? I don't need it, but I can give it. I don't need it, but I can go out and grant it where necessary. Now follow this. When I say the word paying attention, there's a reason the words paying it's Think about it, it sounds like currency, doesn't it? Paying attention. We actually use financial terms for it. Because anything you're paying into, anything you're paying your attention into, you're buying into. And what we don't always ask is, what I'm buying into, is it worth it? Now to really help you understand the significance of what I just said, your attention is currency. It is your life. You don't get any of that life back. You gave a day of your attention to a problem that you could not solve, but it consumed you the whole day. You may have had one problem and 12 things went awesome, but your mind was so locked onto that one problem that that problem, because that's where your attention goes, and where your attention goes, your energy flows. Where your attention goes, your life goes. Actually, the quality of your life is dictated by what gets your attention. We talk about the fruit of the Spirit. You know what one of the key elements of fruit of the Spirit is? Is self-control. Guess what self-control is? Attention control. Wherever you direct your attention, that's where your life goes. Why? Because to give your attention over there is giving your life away. Man, when I give you a day, I don't get that day back. I can get more money. I can get a whole lot of stuff, but I can't get more time. My father said it best, but even before he passed, he said, son, remember this. Too late comes far too soon. So what you do with your time, you better redeem it. You better redeem the time. I think there's a reason why Jesus said over and over and over again, do not worry about anything. 
I think there's a reason Jesus says in this world there will be tribulation, but be of good cheer because I have already overcome the world. I think there's a reason why, because he said, there's a reason why it says in Romans 12, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I think there's a reason. He says, uh, even though we walk in the flesh, we do not war in the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in pulling down strongholds. Casting down imaginations. Come on, we can preach that right there. Some of us right now are in prison because of our imaginations. Half the things we're scared to death about has never happened to us. And we are being played like puppets right now on all sides. I'm running into believers who are far more fearful than people who don't even know Jesus. Mm. But the scripture then goes and says, bring every thought into the captivity of Jesus Christ. The Bible also says, he who keeps his mind stayed on thee shall be in perfect peace. But instead of giving the Lord that attention, we give all our attention to arguments on Facebook. We all consumed about people's opinions of us who don't even know us. Defending ourselves, supporting this, mad at this. Caring more about the opinions others have of us than the creator of us. What's proof? How much time does this get in your day in comparison to how much time everything else is getting? Come on, somebody. This ain't for me to, I'm, I'm just, I'm just preaching. Whatever you want to do with it, do with it. As my grandma used to say, you grown? <laughs> Follow this here now with this point I was just making. Your attention, your value is so significant. Jesus is wanting to, to know. I see you. And because I see you, that means I got you. So you don't have to waste time worrying about whether I got you. You can spend more time focused on who doesn't know that he has them as well. So now you can turn around and begin to give when everybody else is trying to take. Look at Luke chapter 15. I'm going to read verses 8 through 10. Now, Pastor Tyler last week, and if you haven't seen the sermon, please watch it. So good. Unlost and found. But this story right here is about the pair of the lost coin. And the, uh, the woman's looking. So look at verse number eight. It says, or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? Verse number nine, and when she finds it, she will call in her friends and neighbors and say, rejoice with me because I have found my lost coin. Verse 10, and in the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. Now, I love this little passage. I love this example. In the previous week, Pastor Tyler talked about how the shepherd had 100 sheep, lost one, Went after the one, kept the 99, but went after the one with energy, passion. And when he found it, he picked it up in his arms. The scripture says here, the woman had 10 coins, loses one, sweeps the entire house looking for that one. And when she finds it, she calls all her friends rejoicing about what was just found. 
Now, I want you to personalize this. First of all, I looked at this and I was like, wow. Lord, what are you telling me? First of all, the Lord's making it very clear to me. He goes, first of all, you got to realize how much distraction you got in your life right now. I said, why is that, Lord? He says, because you don't even realize how many coins are missing. You don't even realize how many sheep have flown coop or, or, or gotten out. You were so distracted that you're missing all the things that are missing around you. Look at your own house. What about your marriage? What about your relationship with your children? What about the ones with your siblings? What about with your parents? How many things are off? How many things are missing? How many things are lost? And because you are not present, because, mm, because you're distracted, and I've already told you that I got you. I've already told you in this world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. When's the last time you walked around with some cheer? And because of a bunch of stuff that you can't even control, it's distracting you from what's right in front of you. What in your house needs your attention? What do you need to sweep through carefully? Instead of removing distraction, we just go out and bring more in. It's always interesting to me on this part because I was like, she swept her house in order to find it. That's no surprise. Look at Hebrews chapter 12, where it says, you're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses in terms of building our faith. But then it goes on to say that you must lay aside the weight that so easily besets you, that so easily distracts you. Instead of doing and, and focusing our attention into things that build our faith, we've been starving our faith and building our fear. Now, if you don't think timing matters, it does. There's, Jesus didn't just say, seek the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things to be added unto you. The word says, Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added. Half of the reason we're freaking out is because you looked at what's freaking you out before you looked at the king. Now, this is practical, but my goal, you guys know how I am. My goal is for you to win, not just to be inspired. And we need to do practical things that allow us to victoriously walk through our weeks and our days. And instead of just being fired up, we need a process to follow by. And if you read the scripture all the way through, there's a process to it. God told Joshua clearly, meditate on my word day and night then you won't be moved to the right or to the left. We get distracted so easy. And I don't care what side of anything you're on. If it doesn't start with Jesus himself, good things can still be a distraction. Activity is a distraction. Being busy is a distraction. And so what I want to be very clear about is where we give our attention. So, practical example. I have a brother of mine. I was talking to my wife about it this morning. It was just it was such an encouragement, but it was a great reminder that now that Jesus has all his attention on us, that we are clearly, we're covered, we're not desperate, 
we can turn around and pour out. I have a friend of mine who, he had a revelation that I need to get my family back. I need to restore my relationship with my kids. I need to restore. And so he began that journey. And it was great. It was great. He got excited about it. But then he comes to me and was like, man, I got excited about it. But these things happen. And I was just, I was just real patient because I've been there as well in terms of understanding what's the process. And what he had off was he immediately left, tried to pour his attention into his family. But what he didn't do, and be more present with them, but what he didn't do is be more present with the Lord. So what he did was he took his weakness to his family instead of something to contribute. He took his need to his family instead of bringing a seed to his family. Why? Because that seed can only come from heaven. So when he got into the situation, he was present, but he was present with a whole bunch of mess. He's not just showing up to cover up or at least be appreciated by those who were there. Man, it don't work like that. That's not how heaven works. I said, brother, this is going to be changed through selfless service, not selfish striving. You are selfishly trying to fix this thing so you will feel better. No, man. You got to know. Let God reveal to you, change you, shape you from the inside out. So then when you arrive, you arrive with something to offer, not something to take. When the scripture says that Jesus, they love coming to see Jesus. They love to hear Jesus talk. Why? Because Jesus gave him their attention. He gave him his attention. He didn't give him his condemnation. He gave him attention. He didn't give judgment. Neither were they coming to get excuse making. He said, so Eric, I got to pay attention. Okay, I got it. I got to invest my time. I said, you do. He says, but how long should it take? Brother, that's the wrong question. Because for a long time, you've been paying your attention into something else. So in that relationship in here, follow this now. In that relationship right there, you got all kinds of late fees, interest payments, all kinds of penalties that have been built up in that relationship. So, brother, you can't fix it on your own. You've got to keep going there because he will take care of that. But he'll also make sure you keep coming back the right way. I'm preaching to somebody right now. I am pre there is a man right now in the process of trying to restore. I'm telling you, what's so awesome is the restoration will be so powerful. It will be greater than the gain you had in the first place. This is how it works. That's why there's such a rejoicing that takes place. Now, last scripture I want to read to you, and keep this in mind. I just made it clear, it is very important that we get everything we need from our source. So then as he pours into us, we become a real resource to what's around us. Instead of going into environments looking what we can get, we're now going into environments thinking about what we can contribute. That is a game changer. When Jesus says, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly, what you're going to discover is when you're not trying to take, but you're trying to give, and the Bible already says it's more blessed to give than to receive, what you will discover is everything you ever desire from an abundance standpoint is already in your hands. But the difference is your attention is now finally being invested in it properly. It's not being distracted or ate away by stuff that does not matter. Now, 
What's very important is we also understand our value. If you look at Luke chapter 12, and I'm just going to read <laughs> Luke chapter 12, and this is verses uh, just 6 through 7. And this is one of my favorite verses, but part of the reason it's connected to one of my favorite songs. Anson and the worship team sing that song. The reason uh, I sing because I'm happy, I sing because I'm free. His eyes are on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. It's kind of basically where this, that song comes from. But verse 6, this is Jesus speaking. He says, what is the price of five sparrows, two copper coins? Yet God does not forget a single one of them. Verse 7, and the very hairs on your head are all numbered. For some of you in the room like me, that's a, that's a past tense. Oh. <laughs> But the scripture says, so don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. This is where faith replaces doubt. When you know you're this valuable, this is where you turn around and contribute to someone else. You're not functioning no more from need. You're functioning from abundance. If God is see a sparrow, he sees me. And the only thing the devil's afraid of is that when you finally discover that, you are going to change your own world. It's going to get crazy. People are going to be so impacted because of the freedom that you are walking in. But that's a result. Your value is a result of understanding the intention, not only that you're giving, but that you receive. Every single morning, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, heaven itself, is like this waiting for you, waiting for you, begging for you. There was a cartoon clip I remember from Family Circus years ago, and, and it, it's just one of the little children was on his knees, and he was like, God, I'm not sure if you hear me, but the drawing above it was, I mean, it took up the whole page. Angels, God, Jesus, everybody like this, everybody like this can't wait to hear what, what that little one wants to say. The same, there was grandparents in here. And I didn't know, I, I, I knew grandparents love grandkids. Okay, I know there's something special about that. But I remember when I had my girls and we'd go visit uh, the grandma and grandpa and I show up at the door and I could have been a glass door because my mom could not see me. Everything was like trying to find those grandbabies. And not only was she pouring and couldn't wait to see them, you should watch how, even to this day, how Taylor and Massa still, when grandma, my mother is so clear that in that moment, nothing else matters. And because nothing else matters, what she pulls out of them. See, the word present means to be fully attentive. But when someone gives you their undivided attention, guess what it is? It's a form of appreciation. The word appreciate is also a financial term. That means it increases in value. When you give me your attention, you are telling me I'm valuable. You are telling me I'm valuable. But when you ignore me, or you ignore the situation, or you are now depreciating me, which is telling me the opposite. And Jesus is sitting there going, I value you, but I need you to value me. Because when you value me, what I give you back overwhelmingly blesses you, then you can turn around and do the same thing 
for others. Here's my challenge to you this week. This is a simple message, not a complicated message. But Jesus wants to put it so deeply inside you where he has shifted your perspective. You are loved. You are covered. Your attention is what you can give out. It's functioning from such an abundant place that you can't run out of it. When you enter into an atmosphere, no longer go in an atmosphere questioning whether or not you're going to be interesting. Go in there wanting to be interested in what's going on with others. Literally shift all your thinking, not to what you need to gain, but what can I give? My wife and I had a quick conversation and we were trying to talk about, on purpose, what has been the blessing through all this unrest? And all we were doing when we were having that conversation, y'all hear me, all we were doing was following what the scripture said. Because in James it says, count it all joy. When you go through various trials, count it all joy. Find a way. Where do we find the joy? What good has come out of this? And here's what I understood. My wife and I have been married over 25 years. And what I've learned is this. Too often we confuse being familiar with somebody with understanding them. And if you don't continue to invest in that, familiarity hits a wall. That person could have grown a ton, but you're still treating them as if you've only been married 12 years, seven years, because you ain't grown since. Because your attention has no longer went that direction, it went somewhere else. I'm trying to make this practical now. Don't think because you've been saved 40 years that your hunger and thirst for righteousness doesn't need to keep increasing. Because there's a good chance you ain't no more mature after 40 years than you were after three because you got familiar with Jesus and then keep learning him. And he has so much more to show you. We confuse being aware of something with comprehending something. That is not the same thing. We know this much about God, and God's like, which means not only we know this much about God, if you only know this much about God, you only know this much about yourself. Because he's the one who created you. So we have to make a conscious decision to one, of course, be in alignment with Jesus. Say yes to Jesus. I'm all about that. That's that first step. If you don't know Jesus, get to know him. But the next step for you and my, my child, be present with Jesus. Every single day, be present with Jesus. Share your, cast your cares and burdens on him, all that. But also listen to him. Listen to him. And then once you listen and be present with Jesus, who does he put on your heart to go be present with? And whoever that is, go do it. Not with expectation, but do it under the blood of Jesus, with the love of Jesus. And watch what God does. I know it's time, but I'd be remiss if I didn't share one thought I had of 
dear friend here at church this week who called me, prayed for me, said, Eric, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for your family. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Just a whole long list. Just completely pouring all of her and her husband's attention into us. I come to find out later, at the time she's praying for me and doing all this, their family's battling through cancer. That was the sermon right there. That in the middle of her issue, she said, you know what, Lord God, you got that. But who do you have me to go take care of? This ain't monthly, it's like boom, boom, boom. That is the kind of joy and freedom that we get to live with. And this was before they started getting more positive news. This is the level that God has given us to live in. Let's pray, church. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much. I thank you for your blessing. I thank you for your attention. Lord, continues to remind us that where our, t- our attention goes, our life flows. Where our attention goes, our energy goes. Lord, if we keep our minds staying on thee, you said we will have perfect peace. A peace that surpasses all understanding. So Lord God, that's my prayer for everyone this week. That they be more present with you and that they be more present with those around them. In Jesus' name we pray. Let the church say, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Go Seahawks. That's great. Hey, can we show our appreciation for Pastor Eric? That was wonderful. Uh, Eric, I tell you what, man, you, you preach the Bible like that. You can talk in whatever octave you want to, bro. You, you do your thing. Uh, hey, thank you so much for, for joining us here today. My name is Garrett. I'm one of the pastors here at Life Center. I uh, just want to give you a little bit of instruction uh, as we prepare to take our next steps together, whether you're watching online, you're here in the room, want to talk you through this. I uh, want to invite you to pull out your mobile device right now, open up that Life Center app. Maybe you've been taking notes on there. Maybe you're watching on it right now. Uh, go to that Next Steps tab and fill out this Next Steps card here today. You know, I don't know about you, but but in sitting, listening to, to that message and just allowing the Holy Spirit to really, really speak some things to me. I I don't know about you. I I can't help but feel that there are some areas in which I need to walk a little bit differently going from this place today. And so maybe today your next step is is that you're going to say yes to becoming a follower of Jesus. Maybe you want to click that tab on the card. We want to send you a gift. Maybe your next step today is, is that you need to be present with Jesus. There's a sequential order to this. And so maybe that's the commitment that you want to make today. Maybe your next step is that you have someone else you need to be present with. You want to check that box that says, I'll be present with others. Our team's going to pray for you this week. We want to help come alongside you as you take that next step. So take a moment, fill that card out if you would. I want to pray for you and then we'll conclude our time together here today. Jesus, we love you. We're grateful for, for who you are. God, we're grateful Uh, that you set your attention on us. God, before we ever took our first breath, made our first move, made our first mistake, you set your attention on us. And Lord, thank you that you invite us to model the pattern that you set for us. Got to put our attention where it belongs, to put our attention on 
on others and to, to bring them closer to you. Lord, I pray for my friends as, as they go from this place today, whether they close the laptop screen and go to engage with their family or they leave this, this room, Holy Spirit, would you walk alongside of us? God, I pray for my friends today who are making the decision to become a follower of you. In fact, maybe right now you're, you're making that decision today. I, I want to pray for you. Could we pray this prayer all together? Would you repeat after me? Would you say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. I put my trust in you. Forgive me of my sin. Make me a new creation. And help me to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today.